This is the Travel Mug Podcast with Matt O'Donnell. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt O'Donnell, and this is an inside story deep dive on the Travel Mug Podcast, where we take a newsmaker who appeared on Inside Story and we dive a little deeper to try and get behind the headlines. Our guest this time, the second most powerful man in the city of Philadelphia, the city council president, Democrat, Daryl Clark. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt O'Donnell here with Philadelphia City Council President Daryl Clark, who's appearing on a podcast for the first time. Is that correct? First time, Matt, and I'm excited. Say hello to the podcast listeners out there. Hello to all the podcast <laughs> listeners out in the wonderful world of radio. Yes, in, on the Internet. It's internet. crazy all stuff. Right, right? Internet, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we call this Inside Story Deep Dive, right. and we're going to talk about some more general things. Hopefully you caught the Inside Story broadcast where we interviewed you. I wanted to go back a little more than three years January 2015, I went back and I read your statement Mm -hmm. on how you decided you were not going to run for mayor. Mm -hmm. As we know, Mayor Kenny uh, became the mayor. He won the primary. Regrets? Looking back now, more than three years? Actually, none whatsoever. Uh, The simple reality is is that it was teed up. I had a lot of support. People were prepared to raise the necessary money uh, to run a campaign. Had a significant number of individuals prepared to uh, be supportive in endorsements and all the other things, and clearly we were prepared to do the job. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the fire never lit. And to run inside from inside you, inside me, I had to make a decision. I met with a lot of family and friends, people that were close to me. And at the end of the day, I just never got to the point where I, this was something I really wanted to do. And I don't think that you should run for mayor unless you really want to do it because it is a job that goes way beyond simply doing the work. Um, as you know, I've been doing this work for a lot of times, and that's just you know not something that's problematic for me. I love doing the work. But there are all the other things associated with it um, put me in a position where I really didn't want to do all the other things associated with being the mayor, all the, the pageantry and all the other things. So it wasn't really just the, the labor, the work, the, nah, the details. Work. It was more the pageantry? Yeah, I, you know, the ribbon cuttings and the ceremonial aspect. Which you still do. Yeah, well, not nearly like the mayor. I mean, there are a number of times when I may wake up in the morning and turn the TV on on Channel 6, and the mayor is out there at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, blowing a, a whistle or whatever, starting a race. That's just not me, man. I'd rather be somewhere doing that hard work. Not to mention... Uh, one of the things that I had to take into account that, uh, you know, I was the council president of the city of Philadelphia, uh, you know, from our perspective, a co-equal branch of government. And I really love being a council president. I really still love do. Being a, yeah, and, I, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, the things that we have achieved uh, both prior to me making that decision and, and since that particular decision, uh, I think we've done some great work. And I work with a great group of individuals and it was home for me, and I made the decision, and I do not regret it. From how you described coming to your conclusion, it makes me believe that you were almost certain you would have won. Well, you're never certain about anything, but I think that, you know, had we gotten in the race, um, it would have 
pretty much been the favorite uh, once we decided to things, make that move. Things would have coalesced. Different people probably would have been running. Yeah, I mean, things were lined up. I mean, you, you know, the reporting as it related to those individuals who were uh, prepared to step out and step in front and be supportive were pretty much across the board. Um, there was some internal conversations among members of council, you know, and other elected officials where I thought that we would have been successful. Jim Kenny didn't get into the race until after you had already gotten out. Yeah, no, we I had um, conversations with uh, Jim um, leading up to that discussion, and you know, I decided um, not publicly, but personally, I went and met with him and made the decision in terms of what I wanted to do. And I talked to Jimmy about it, and then I basically said, "Look, you ready to do this?" And you know. Uh, he made the decision. Yes. Yeah, he made the decision, and you know, uh, we started meeting among a number of other individuals that were prepared to support me, um, and then we did what we did. You know, Jim, we was successful. Uh, we continue to be the council president. Um, we formed a team, and we moved our city forward. Now we are doing this interview a few days after city council offered its own budget proposal to the mayor which does not include any tax increases. I want to give you this quote from Brett Mandel, 8th uh, Ward Democratic Committee person. He wrote this on phillyvoice.com. Okay. Uh, it was titled, In Philly, we raise taxes on a poor city because we run a city poorly. And he lamented how John Street, the man you replaced in city council as the uh, representative in your district and also as uh, council president, Mandel lamented how he ends up being the mayor who reduced taxes the most and increased taxes the least over the last 50 years. And I'll quote Mandel here. It is not courage. It is laziness or a lack of creativity or a lack of administrative capacity. Can we get the sense from this budget proposal you've offered that this is going to change in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, we've been talking about changing and doing things differently for quite some time. Um, the simple reality is is that um, there has been a significant recent increase in taxes um, since FY12, fiscal year 12. Uh, we have literally increased taxes for school districts by more than $1.1 billion, Matt, billion dollars. And at some point, you have to say, well, is there another way that we can do things uh, if more efficiently, look at more creative ways in terms of funding, more uh, creative ways in, t in terms of providing resources. We think we have a strategy for that. Um, we do have to be more efficient in terms of the way we run our government because at the end of the day, Matt, we can't tax ourselves out of the competitiveness that we've put ourselves in a position. Right now, New Jersey, um, one of the biggest issues in New Jersey about living there is real estate taxes. So people opt to come to Philly because the taxes in Jersey are just through the roof. We're quickly approaching the point where we will no longer be competitive in that perspective. So this issue about raising taxes, was this a non-starter with members of council? Uh, the other thing as it relates to that decision is based on these assessments. Um, assessments in the city of Philadelphia are so skewed, uh, are so inefficient, so ridiculous in some respects is what I characterize people as saying down in some of these areas where they got to hit it the hardest. You cannot justify on average an 11% tax increase in one year. There's no property on earth that's going to increase in value, right, in one year, right? And the reality is that we've seen swings in real estate uh, literally up to 50, 70, 100% increases in one year. Um, 
something's wrong with OPA, um, something's wrong with the way they do their business. And at the end of the day, a council ultimately made a decision to hire an auditor, uh, one of the best auditors in the country, to audit OPA in terms of how it does its assessments, uh, how the process, how they do their modeling, and all the other things associated with coming to conclusions on the values of properties. To grow tax revenue, it's always great to add business. Well, uh, there's a big courtship going on with Amazon for its, its H2 headquarters. Right. Is the city spending too much time worrying about Amazon and not going after low-hanging fruit? Well, it's an exciting thought of us having Amazon. Um, We are made the final cut of 20, and that's that's a great thing. Uh, But the reality is there are other opportunities. And my assumption, because I don't run the Commerce Department, but I believe that the Commerce Department uh, is, in fact, looking at other opportunities. Uh, One of the sites in West Philadelphia near the 30th Street train station was actually teed up for a significant series of development initiatives, and we put aside those issues to hopefully accommodate Amazon. So we are moving towards getting additional businesses in the city. But if Amazon makes a decision to come here, you simply have to be in a position to um, compete for that opportunity of having sure. 30,000, 40,000 new jobs in the city. By the way, University City is starting to almost rival Center City in, in, in its look. It looks uh, like a separate city with all the skyscrapers. There. It's a separate city. Uh, you cross that you cross that bridge into West Philadelphia, and you like wow, you know, yeah. up around the hospital and all the other things near the science center. Uh, it is significant growth uh, as it relates to that. But there is one challenge: uh, a lot of that property is not taxable because of its nonprofit That's status. That's a whole another issue. Whole another issue, and those are one of the things that we've talked about in terms of being creative and providing support for the initiatives that we're interested in. Um, one of the things that we're pushing right now is a conversation around silence. Uh, everybody talks about pilots payment in lieu of taxes. Uh, I think that we need to have that conversation around silence, services in lieu of taxes. We have probably the most significant number of uh, hospitals and institutions and universities, then maybe second to Boston, maybe. Um, they are positioned to provide significant support to our schools or to our communities, um, to our training facilities. To all the partnerships for partnership. Partnership, right? absolutely, Matt. You know, I'd rather sit down with them as opposed to taking a couple of dollars if we are successful in a pilot program, having them be a true partner with the city, having them be a true partner with the school district, sending students, sending uh, graduate students, sending employees from the various companies out in West Philadelphia and other parts of the city to provide support for our city. Speaking of one of the institutions, is Temple University ever going to get its own football stadium on North Broad Street? Well, at this point, Temple University has not garnered uh, any support uh, in a public way. There are conversations about people that would love to support it, but from my perspective, until you get the support of those local residents, because first and foremost, that's what's important to me. Um, it's in I, your district, right? It's in my yeah. district, right. And personally, and I tried not to let that uh, be a part of the analysis, um, I don't think it's a good idea in terms of the sheer magnitude, uh, the streets surrounding it, um, the density surrounding it as it relates to residential population. But I said, uh, in spite of my personal perspective, that those people in that community should have the final say on as to whether or not that facility is built there. The um, ball's in Temple's court is what you're saying. If they convince the neighborhood, then you'll go through with it. I'll entertain it, you know. 
Um, I understand that they are apparently getting ready to launch a number of initiatives uh, in that particular community, something that they probably should have done 15 years ago. Mm -hmm, Uh, I hate the fact that they waited until they wanted a stadium to decide to do a special service district or to decide to have a partnership with the local community. Um, But that's what they're proposing they're doing. We'll see how that works out. Okay. Big picture stuff here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Council President, what's next for Philadelphia? Look, look down the road. What do you hope happens here? Well, I think the most significant thing that we have to do is to fix our public education system because at the end of the day, the buck stops there in terms of making sure that people are adequately educated, our young people, and making sure that people that want to stay in the city or people that are moving to the city uh, have the opportunities to send their kids to good schools. Keeping millennial taxpayers. Well, I, name of the game. I, right? I don't like using that term. No, but, uh, millennial. Uh, yeah. You don't. Why not? I, I don't know what that means. You know? <laughs> you know, some people think it's a derogatory term, well, so yeah. I can understand. But I mean, it, 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 it's just used to describe a generation and try and lump them all into the same category when, in fact, yeah. they're all very different. Yeah, but it, it also creates a level of divisiveness uh, in the city that we don't need. Keeping young. young taxpayers. How about young that? Taxpayers <laughs> or, or, or you know, new taxpayers. I, I, you know, we we are Philadelphians. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever our age and, and economic status and all the other things, at the end of the day, we're all Philadelphians. So whatever we do in terms of moving ahead, it should benefit us all. Um, we recently proposed uh, an initiative. Uh, called um, Philly First, and it's an initiative that talks about providing opportunities to help building equitable neighborhoods, you know, providing opportunities for homeowner assistance in terms of down payment and closing costs. It talks about providing additional affordable housing. It talks about creating incentives that uh, stabilize uh, middle neighborhoods because some of these middle neighborhoods are starting to suffer around the edges. Um, So as we push forward, excited as we are about center city and the perimeter neighborhoods around the center city until we can make our city whole meaning every neighborhood in our city then i don't think we've truly reached the level that we need to reach that's what your predecessor used to always talk about mayor street he yeah. he wanted because randell was famous for well let's clean up center city he wanted to get the neighbors what's next for you and let's go down let's see how about 2023 2023. That has a uh, significance, right? That yeah. could be the year that Mayor Kenny is last in office after his second term if he wins. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you that. Do you have a calendar point, for that year yet made up? I, I actually don't have a calendar <laughs> for next week, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of in the moment kind of guy, you know. Um, you know, I didn't so have you don't really have an answer. Well, you know, with respect to the mayor's race, I mean, I had an opportunity. Uh, I chose not to do that. Uh, I don't see any likelihood that in 2023 I'd have an interest in that position. Um, I just want to be in a position to work with my colleagues, uh, both on a local, state, and federal level, to take this city to the level that it needs to be because I I genuinely appreciate, you know, having this opportunity and this privilege. Final question for our Inside Story deep dive here. Uh, President Clark... Will your party nominate an electable candidate for president in 2020? Well, man, I'm actually very nervous about that. And we talk about 2020 and the vulnerabilities associated with Donald Trump, but you can't beat somebody with nobody. And reality is the fact that we have not had a person step out that could be remotely a clear-cut favor concerns me. It is 20. 
18. Sure, right. It's, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. And, you know, while I understand we have to focus on the midterm elections in Congress, in the Senate, uh, the reality is somebody needs to start separating themselves from the pack. And I don't see that. So, Who do you hope would do that? Well, you know, I actually had um, had some hopes about Cory Booker. I had an opportunity to meet him uh, during the Hillary Clinton election, um, traveled with him an entire day, went around the city, and I was extremely impressed. Uh, he's gotten a little silent right now. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that because everybody's caught up in the noise of the Trump administration. Sure. But um, I really am worried about us not identifying a candidate uh at a minimum, a year out from. Is it time to break the glass? It's as time. they say, absolutely. It's been time. Absolutely, <laughs> it's been time. So, you know, hopefully, uh, after the midterms are over in November, uh, we'll get serious about 2020, and people will start lining up, and we can get solidly behind somebody because at the end of the day, Donald Trump needs to go. Philadelphia City Council President Daryl Clark on the Travel Mug Podcast Inside Story Deep Dive. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. How'd it go? Was it all right? It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome.